You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. All right, we are live. Uh, welcome to Sagas and Sass. I'm Tara, along with fellow hosts Nick, Jonathan, and Nami. And we're here because we have a lot of thoughts and feelings about Lee Bardugo's Grishaverse. This is season one, episode 15. And we'll be discussing the newest Shadow and Bone trailer, as well as last night's Rule of Wolves virtual release event. If you're watching live, join us in the chat or after the fact, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sagas and Sass to continue the conversation. And just a reminder, the views expressed in this show are those of the host as individuals and do not necessarily represent the show as a whole. All right, so uh, newsy news stuff first. Um, Want to get this like out of the way a little bit. Um, we are doing a giveaway. Uh, it can be entered uh, via raffle copter and the link has been posted to our Instagram, our Facebook and our Twitter. So at Sagas and Sass on any one of those social media uh, sites, um, you can find the link. Literally it's all, they were all posted on there today. So it should be pretty easy to find and we'll definitely be sharing it probably if not daily, then close to that for the next uh, about a week. It ends at 11.59 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, April 6th. So right before April 7th, which means that a week from today when we are doing our webcast that we'll be covering all of Rule of Wolves, uh, we'll also be announcing the winner. So the giveaway includes a copy of Rule of Wolves. Uh, it's a long story, but I ended up with very many copies of this. Like I already knew I was going to have an extra one for the giveaway, but I now have three whole copies of Rule of Wolves in my possession. So that's fun. I got to figure out what to do with the third. Um, so yes, it'll include a brand new, never been opened copy of Rule of Wolves. And then also uh, some years ago, I got uh, the Grishaverse Illumicrate box and I have used a couple things from it, but two things I never really did anything with are this lovely Nikolai calendar. Um, it, it is a, you know, it is a couple years old, but there's no you know, it's not for any specific year. So the dates are kind of, it's just a fun thing you can hang up and honestly reuse over and over again, which I love. There's no, there's not even any like days of the week. It's just the dates, mm -hmm. but it's got some great different Nikolai art in it, <laughs> you know? Uh, I know, actually, hold on. I want to see what December is now because that's my birth month. Wow. Oh, it's evil in that. I don't know if I like it. It's too plotty. Oh. Um, <laughs> And then, last but not least, because this is the most adorable part, is this little Nikolai Fleshy. <laughs> he's very cute, and he's got the little smirk, and I love him. Um, but honestly, he sat like on a shelf in my house, you know, for years, and it's like I just don't, you know, I, I don't have a lot of room for plushies where I live now. So uh, he is, you know, he comes from a smoke-free home, just FYI. But um, it's not a pet-free. It's not a pet-free. He deserves cuddles. Yeah, seriously. He, he totally to does. Not just like, be... Look at that face. I, I didn't quite picture Nikolai that way in my mind. <laughs> well, he's it's chibi. It's the chibi version. It's chibi. Is it chibi or chibi? On, I guess chibi makes more sense. Um, so, so yeah, he's very cute. And, you know, I don't know how tall he is, eight inches or so. But he's very cute. And uh, I will warn you that I do have pets. So I cannot entirely guarantee that there will not be cat or dog hair on these. But I will try to clean them off before I send anything. Um, it is open to continental U.S. residents only sorry uh but i'm on a fixed budget and uh can't afford to be shipping overseas right now especially right now 
love it. Wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the giveaway is open until next end of day, next Tuesday. And um, we do ask, like, the only other rule other than being a continental US resident, we do ask that. Uh, the one thing you have to do to enter is to follow our Twitter, but we will not be sending the prize to any giveaway or contest accounts. You have to enter from like an actual Twitter account that you use for real things, um, which is a lesson I learned the hard way years ago. Uh, the, the first and only giveaway I ever did uh, was, get, you know, Twitter followers is, or Twitter following is the easy way to easiest way for people to enter these contests with Rafflecopter, but then it turns out that you get like 500 followers and they're all giveaway accounts that like probably don't even know what the Grisha versus is half the time. So I want this to go to somebody mm -hmm. who's actually a fan. Um, and uh, there you can get additional entries by retweet or by tweeting about the giveaway and uh, by also viewing our Facebook page. And again, it's all through Rafflecopter. So uh, the tracking is all done via computer and we'll be doing, you know, a random number shuffle to see who wins uh, mm -hmm. next week. All right. So giveaway stuff out of the way uh trailer um now first and foremost we learned last night during the rule of wolves virtual event that the trailer actually leaked on yeah. monday it was not supposed to come out which i i mean i just kind of figured it came out you know and it, mm -hmm. we never knew exactly when it was going to come so <laughs> I was, it was very interesting like, to find oh, out that it jumping on rule of wolves hype for it and i i just kind of right of course it would come out now because everybody's like actively looking for Grease Reverse content because they're excited for Rule of Wolves. And then right. Lee yesterday, which he was like, yeah, I did not expect the trailer to come out because it was leaked. And I was like, oh no. Also, Lee, is just, she's so adorable and soft. And the idea that anyone would leak content of hers and like all of like that bullshit about like the people like getting the book early and then going on Twitter and screaming about it because apparently only Darkling fans got the book. And I just, stop hurting Lee. Oh, see, I, I missed that, I guess, because um, the one of the reasons why I ended up with an extra copy is because I got a copy from the publisher. But uh, with Lives of Saints, I got that arc like two days before the book came out. Maybe it might have been it might have been three or four, but it was not that many. And um, with King of Scars, I got it, I think, about a week before King of Scars came out. But this one literally came yesterday morning. Um and I thought it was the one I'd ordered from Amazon. Well, the thing is <laughs> But no, it wasn't. It was the one well, from the publisher because then I ended up with another copy last night from Amazon. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Well, like that makes sense though because those are ARCs. These were like legitimate, like normal ordered books that like apparently one specific bookstore fucked up and, or like one specific like shipping agent fucked up and like people got them early. early. So they, these were not people who were supposed to get ARCs. Oh, these were wow, people okay. like, just regular people the vast majority of whom were darkling stands it seems like because they all got on twitter and started raging and posting spoilers without tagging them and the entire fandom was like first of all what the fuck second of all what the actual fuck yeah that's uh... yeah no it was it was a lot and i felt really bad for lee especially because a whole bunch of darkling fans also um jumped onto uh goodreads and like review bombed it with one stars and so a whole bunch of other people in response review bombed with five stars because they're like hey i don't know that this is going to be a five-star book but like people fucking suck for doing this so i'm oh, see that's out. the one thing i hate about goodreads is that you can rate things that aren't even actually like officially out yet like at least with amazon because i tried to i had an arc of um was it dark age 
or no, I think it was Iron Gold, one of the Red Rising books. And uh, I tried to review it like before it came out on Amazon, you know, because I had an arc and I like, but they won't even like, you can't even submit a review before the date it is released. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I, I have, I have many issues with Goodreads. It's kind of, it's, it's like, it's like the Facebook of, it's like the crotchety, it's like the crotchety aunt Facebook of, uh, of book <laughs> reviews. But, um, so other than the trailer being leaked early, uh, I, I, I mean, it was, it, I'm glad it, I'm glad it came out because it gives us one more thing to talk about tonight. Not that last night's event didn't give us enough, but what did yeah. you guys think? I mean, it was, it was basically just a more lengthy version of the teaser we already had, but there was a bunch of new stuff. So thoughts? First, oh yeah, we got that one like of Zoya like over that was Zoya, right? Like where she was like over her shoulder, and I was like, "Whoa, Zoya!" Also, because I'm obsessed, <laughs> I freeze that, and I was like, "All right, cool." I'm making her like weird, her like essentially a chemise because yeah. I love her. her and then gown. also, I had a moment of like she does this, and you can see that on her wrist is like her amplifier. And it's not like a cuff; it's like coming out of her skin. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, "That's a choice. That's creepy." I'm into that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, you, I you had like mentioned the idea that of an amplifier like fusing with them. Yeah, it was like very like it was a choice, and I was like, "Huh, okay." I honestly, I'm. I, you mentioned that last night, and I meant to like look for it when I watched the trailer again this morning, and I totally forgot. And so now I need to go back and watch it for like the fifth time, I guess. <laughs> I woke up accidentally at like two a.m. because I had I was thirsty, and I also had to pee at the same time because this is what hydration is apparently, and I hate. Them. And but so I woke up and I sat on the toilet and I watched <laughs> the trailer again. <laughs> Uh, TMI, but I felt like you needed to understand that whole experience. I mean, I'm I'm shocked that you were up watching, like like that you actually had the like the wherewithal to watch it. When I get up in the middle of the night, it's I'm like stumbling around. I don't pick oh, up my phone. I absolutely stumbled. I was not wearing my glasses. I don't know what I gained from it, but I did it. Um. All right. So so Nick, uh, you you're said you said you're very very excited, and I yes. mean same. You know. Um. What was your favorite new thing in this trailer? Uh, probably the the like actual dialogue and stuff that we got with Bagra. I felt like before now we've mostly only seen Alina and the Darkling and a little bit of Mal, and so getting to see any of the characters, um, any of the other characters have little moments was really cool. Obviously, I also loved getting to see Jesper have a moment, um, but I flicking I the coin. Actually, yeah, exactly, and shooting it. But I like that we actually got a moment with uh, Bagra where you get to see a little bit of her character. What about you, Jonathan? Uh, it was just for flipping the coin and shooting it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I think we saw like a portion of that in the teaser, but like the full mm -hmm. actual shot was just like, ooh. This, this kid looks, he looks like a good Jesper, really. He like, really does. I mean, they all look amazing, but like him and Kaz are just like spot on. Uh, can we just take like a moment to talk about how handsome Kit Young is? Because I feel like we need to address how handsome Kit Young is. Because he's very mm -hmm. handsome. And then he and then he does the gun spinny thing. Um he's got I can't remember, I think it was on his Instagram where he does like the gun spin and I just sort of Yeah, I was like, All right, well, this is it. You had a moment. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, and and I'm assu- I'm hoping that they gave him props that are that are weighted so that it was easier for him to do that because like uh, prop guns that I've used and uh, real guns are not that easy to just spin like that. So, <laughs> and you certainly wouldn't want to spin them if you didn't have the safety on. Well, right, and loaded. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't don't be don't be points. spinning your don't be spinning your un, your your loaded guns without the safety on, people. Um, I, I would advise not even spinning them when they're loaded. Period. Yeah, that's you will know. Yeah, seriously. I would just advise not spinning real guns because, like, they're heavy, and like, if they slip, like, that's gonna go flying and break something. Just don't spin them, guys. It seems dangerous. But uh, yeah, I know. I, I, first, don't spin your guns. <laughs> I really, yeah, I really liked the the uh, Bagger stuff as well. Um, she is a little bit like I don't know, younger and like sturdier mm-hmm. than I imagined. Which I I know, like it's it, I didn't expect them to cast you know someone as aged or you know as what they is described in the books or even like because and also like if it was if they're trying to do makeup on somebody too, that's a lot. But it's still like. Okay, so she's uh I, I was always picturing this like more frail, like way older woman who's also like but suddenly like super mean, you know. So I was a little you, bit you were, you were expecting the woman who played old Nan to uh Yeah, yeah to be well, in this. I don't know. I actually kind of I don't know exactly what I was picturing for Brock Bobber. I think I had a fan casting in my head a while ago, and I think it was um the woman who plays uh the mistress in one of the later Doctor Who seasons. Oh my God, what's her name? Michelle Gomez or something like that. Yeah. Just like Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about her personally, but she has like really beautiful, strong, striking features, and I always pictured somebody like that as Bagra. So to me, in my mind, she didn't necessarily look old. She was just like, bam, but like obviously not young. And I think that's why, (laughs) to me, this casting makes a lot of uh, this casting. Like while I didn't see it, I. I'm like, all right, she doesn't seem like out of place to me, but I am very interested to see like how they will make her up after like the Darkling takes his anger out on her. Cause like she basically, that's when she really withers and truly looks yeah. old and decrepit. So I'm very interested to see like that contrast. Cause I think it has the potential to be very jarring. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to see if they do that. You'd hope that they would. Uh, so yeah. Yay. Bagra. Um, also, like the speculation that the crows would be in this season because they were hired to hunt Elena was correct, uh, which isn't super surprising. I did see a tweet, however, that was something I, I don't I didn't memorize it or save it, but it was something along the lines of uh, the most unbelievable part of the trailer is that Kaz would hunt down Elena for just one million Kruger. <laughs> <laughs> which was which was pretty funny but of course that's the line that we hear we don't know if that's what's actually agreed to uh you know so that that was fun and also oh also like along with jesper like shooting the coin i really liked that one shot that we get when they like him and and just uh, kaz and jesper and enage like all come together and they're like stalking forward and i was like yes. chills that yes. was lovely and i love it there was like um, there was also like the three seconds of Enage acrobatics or like what am i saying three seconds the point the half a second of Enage yeah. acrobatics yeah. and i was like oh, that's my girl um <laughs> Are we supposed to know? So at the beginning of the trailer, this is something I, I am really like 
unsure about, and I'm guessing maybe we don't know, but I could be wrong. Are we supposed to know like the kid and the blonde woman, like the blonde woman who's like, you're safe now. Tell me who saved you. And the kid, he was the one that was like running away from the sand skiff was like, you won't believe me, but it was a sun summoner. Are we supposed to know who those people are? Cause like, I was trying to place them and I couldn't, I was like, okay, so it's just totally random people. Seems like an odd choice for a trailer, but. Uh, it might be one of those things where they are subbing in characters that we know from other places, uh, but that we, you're not going to place because of the out of context aspect. Yeah. Of it. Well, but and I also right now, know there's no, there's no like clue who they actually were. Yeah. Um, I also know that there is at least one uh, character who was cast, who is not in the books, who plays like I, not a major role, but a, sizable one for somebody who wasn't in the book so maybe it's maybe that kid is that character i'm i'm fairly maybe. certain i'm fairly certain it was it it was a it was a guy like a, a male character that that hmm. i thought was about so it could be that um still curious about who the blonde woman was though like because yeah. like she seemed like she would be pretty important you know based on the fact that she's like grilling this kid yeah <laughs> um but yeah, uh, so that scene is interesting. Also, supposedly Lee was in the trailer. Did any of you guys see her? So I only saw I the trailer the one time. So. so I didn't find this personally, but I did see a post that she is in the scene where Alina and the Darkling are um, like in front of the king and queen and the Darkling like shows his powers. So like, and, and like he just makes it okay. dark and she makes it light and all of that. But so there's the one section where they uh, focus on Alina and the Darkling and you can see the Grisha standing behind them and they're like guarded by like a few of the Opralchniki or whatever. Darkling Secret Service. They're guarded by the Darkling Secret Service and um, Lee, somebody had zoomed in and found Lee and she's in a fabricator outfit. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I, I, cause I, I was like looking, I, I was assuming it was the scene um, in the tent you know, but then I the, the the scene with the king in front of the king and queen was the one that I thought would maybe was maybe like the second, you know, choice yeah, the for the other one that she was in scene is that they had pretty much announced that Lee was going to be dressed as a fabricator. I can't remember when they said this, but it was like confirmed a while ago. And the tent scene the tent scene is ninety nine percent squalors, I noticed. Yeah. It's ninety nine percent it's really <sighs> because the ones that they need for the you know, for the crossing are squalors to man the skiffs and in Infernalki to like fight yeah. the bullcrap. And like, I think there was like one fabricator, but it's like clearly not blonde. Yeah. yeah. They, they're clearly not blonde. That's a human being, not me. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So, any uh, last thoughts about the trailer before we talk about the Rule of Wolves event last night? Nope. No? Good. Okay. Uh, actually, real quick, how far are we all in Rule of Wolves? As chapter right one. Now. I just finished <laughs> chapter one. Oh no! I am I'm almost three chapters. I'm on chapter fifteen. I'm in chapter wow. fourteen. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Like, Y'all are trucking. Well, I did have time to read yesterday, so. And if it wasn't for the fact that, like, I work a full time job and I am out of the house for ten hours a day, I I was ready to stay awake all night and read it. And like, partially that's why I kept waking up in the middle of the night. Cause I'm like, like read rule of wolves. And I'm like, no, you, you dumbass. Like you go to sleep. sleep. You need to make money so you could buy more shit about some of the Grisha birds. <laughs> and it was just, it was one of those things that I was like so frustrated with my body because my body knew what my heart wanted to do. But my brain was like, 
y'all crazy bitches gotta sleep. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I had to like really force myself to focus on work today. Like this I'm morning, sorry, I was like, but what if I just read some while I drink my coffee? And then it was, or no, what if I just read some while I eat my cereal? What if I just read some while, oh no, wait, I had to work while I'm drinking my coffee because I drink coffee for like two hours in the morning. <laughs> I'm not saying that a large majority of my reading has been done on bathroom breaks at work, but like absolutely. <laughs> Like the five minutes, I'll go for my bathroom break. I read from the moment I leave my desk. Which Are you a Kindle reader or do you actually read a book, Nami? Um, no, I'm on my phone. So uh, I'm a Kindle reader. I have realized that, um, you know, from years of just reading absurd quantities of fan fiction that I read easiest and most naturally now on my phone because I like to just, you know, like function like a strange animal and just sort of create a bundle of blankets around myself in my bed and turn off all the lights and puddle underneath and go fan fix. And so, you know, I think another part of the reason that I was so slow with reading King of Scars is because I was reading a physical book for that. And when I actually went and decided to just get the audiobook so I could like listen to it on my drive, it went so much faster. And I realized like with so hilariously I found that I have a copy of His Majesty's Dragon already. I've literally owned this book for 10 years. And it's been for ages. But so like, I realized that like, I only got one chapter into it so far, not because I didn't care about the story, because I'm already like pretty intrigued by it, but like, because I'm like, physical book, can't read in dark, can't lie down, shadow one book, <laughs> can't see. Ah. <laughs> I, I had a Kindle for a long time, but I just, I stare at a screen so much all day. That I, I mean, oh, oh is it embarrassed to admit I got rid of pretty much every single book I own? Oh man, no, I mean not these days. I, I don't keep books <laughs> like I used to. That's for sure. Um, but I, I, I also like I, I just I like the feel of like a book in my hands. I, I the only time I really read from a Kindle was when I was traveling a lot back in like. 2010 2011 2012 2013 because it was just like so much easier you know if, especially when i went to like europe for three weeks uh a kindle versus you know six books that i'm gonna read on a three plus week mm -hmm. trip <laughs> um but yeah no so uh so yeah i i but yeah i i had to stop myself from reading this morning i had to be like no tara you have to work today <laughs> when dances with dragons came out Anna and I were um, drive, on a driving vacation in, in uh, the south of France at the time, and we were in the, the Vale of Aran as the Dance of Dragons was downloading. So, and, and I, all of a sudden it dawned on me, Vale of Aran, is this where he got the idea for the Vale of Aran? Ha! Probably. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I, that's one of those things, I, let's be real, when whenever if ever uh the next game of, like song of ice and fire book comes out i'm probably going to have to take time off because there's just no way i would be able to i i, I would I, I yeah with with all the you know the ice and fire con and everything i i, I would have to take time off i would need to finish that book as asap <laughs> um <laughs> But anyway, okay. So uh, last night's event, uh, with, it was it was hosted by Roman's Bookstore. Um, and for anybody who is watching or listening to this who didn't attend, um, it started around six fifteen ish. Uh, Pacific time. And for the first 45 minutes, it was just like a lot of fan chatter. Like people were able to submit questions for Lee to answer. Um, 
And there was a lot of chat. I mean, honestly, the, there was a chat window on the side that was moving so fast. Like I, I could not, I couldn't keep up with it. I would be like in the middle of reading something and it would scroll up. You know, there, there were so many people in it um, and like very, very talkative people. Uh, and then they did a scavenger hunt uh, to find like the Grishaverse. You, you had to find like at least seven Grishaverse items in your house off of a list that they gave. Uh, and then there was a little like costume contest type Thing. Oh, th then there was trivia, but that wasn't like a contest. It was just like they asked questions and you could answer them in the chat. Um, and then there was like a little costume contest thing. But like, again, like, you know, not shitting on it at all, but there were way too many people. And like the, like for me, um, I didn't really realize it until the trivia thing came up, but it was lagging a lot for me. Um, cause like the mm. trivia, the trivia questions and, and the host reading them, they were popping up and like, I'd already seen like 50 people answering it in the sidebar and I have really good internet. So I know it wasn't my internet, uh, you know, it, it, it's no big deal, um, but uh, yeah. So, so I don't know. Any, any? Do you guys have any thoughts about like that? The the fan stuff that happened in the first like so, forty five minutes. So I personally didn't actually join until five minutes before Lee was supposed to come on, just because I like know my attention span and I knew that <laughs> my. So, well, first of all, just embarrassing story. I rushed home from work because I thought it was starting at seven p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> I thought the same thing. So the part with Lee, I thought it was starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, but it was actually starting at 10 p.m. Eastern, aka 7 p.m. Pacific time. And so I rushed home and I felt real, real dumb. And so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm taking a nap. So I took a nap and I woke up at uh, 7:45, and then I hit, or rather, um, at 9:45, and then I hit sleep. And then so I actually woke up at 9:54, and I was like, oh shit, you got to do it now. So I got on there just in time to scream, I'm casual Zoya in the chat like seven times, just in case, just in case they were like, hey, we're going to choose this, this dumb, dumbass for the cosplay thing. Let it be known. I was literally just wearing this, but like also with my like college book, bookstore, like rock sweater. So it was it was not cosplay. I was just really banking on not being noticed, but. Um, yeah. Any, anybody else have thoughts on the, I know Jonathan, you said you were having like video issues, right? I, I, I did. And I think what, what embarrassing, I actually scheduled another event at the same time. Plus the, my other passion of basketball was going on. So <laughs> I was trying to uh, multitask throughout the event and do my fantasy baseball draft on one computer, listen to Lee Badargo on another, and actually watch the basketball game. So, but the old, I use my old computer and I just think I did, never updated the video drivers is what I'm assuming happened. So I had no video. I just had audio. The audio was clear as day and I could hear everything. So I was good and I could see the chat, but I could not see any of the, it, I got a green screen. So it looked like they were, you know, making an Avengers movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, most of it was the audio. So I don't feel like- Yeah, I would say- there well, was I missed the cosplay. I would have liked to have seen that. So you may yeah. want to comment on how the cosplay was. Well, um, I mean, if you, I don't know. I, I don't know if the replay is still available. It's still but available. So if okay, you so have the info, you can still- 
Yeah, you can sign okay. back in and and just skip to the cosplay stuff and watch it there. Um, you know, the, the 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 sad thing, unfortunately, about the cosplay was that you know the the there's so many people shouting out in the chat. You know, I'm in cosplay. I'm in cosplay. I'm in cosplay. And the host is trying to you know pick people from it like just as she sees them. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was and then a couple people that were in the the that did the cosplay stuff had like connection issues. Um, so it was it was like I I feel like. I'm hoping that if they do something like this in the future, they have a thing where you submit your information beforehand, you know, and let's say even if it's too many people that say they're in cosplay, like let's say 50 people or whatever, you know, say I'm going to be in cosplay. They can just kind of do, okay, well we can fit 10 and they do like a random select, like, like, like a, you know, random.org selection and pick 10 names from the people who submit. And then, cause like, and they let them know ahead of time maybe too, because I think that's also, part of the and i'm i'm saying this as somebody who has had to you know organize online events for a while now like so i've 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 learned a lot the past you know year or so um and and again like not shitting on them like it was still a fun little thing i love that it was like i i love that it was uh spontaneous um but yeah. unfortunately the connection issues and the number of people that were at you know that were involved in the event just made it really difficult um i felt bad for the host cuz like she was trying so hard and like she she had a couple people that that their connections were bad and like she was i think able to eventually get all of them on um you know for for like even if they were disconnected you know earlier she was able to bring them back on but yeah i i think uh i think that hopefully if they do something like this again that um you know that they could definitely forego some of that by like just asking people for submissions ahead of time i don't think they were anticipating the lag either which was definitely part of the problem Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know how many people were in the event like but i i think when you when we originally like when we signed on for the first time it might have told us like there were x number of number of people registered and it was a lot like a lot a lot a lot um so yeah, uh, any other thoughts on the pre Libardugo stuff? Um, I, oh, I will say, like the fandom was, even though the chat was like a bit of a mess and hard to keep up with, the fandom was really, really, really nice. Like everybody was just being so just loving all the costumes, having fun with the trivia. Like I did not, and granted again, moving very fast, but I did not see, like everybody was just so positive and lovely. And I just like really hope that that continues in this fandom. Cause like, it's generally what I've seen elsewhere too so yeah. far. So. Um, the fandom is lovely. And every now and then the, the, the Darkling stands emerge and we just hiss love until they go back into the woodworks where they belong, the garbage of children. <laughs> I mean, I've seen I've I've seen some people who are Darkling stands who are like, listen, I know that this isn't like good well, in real well, life, but like I'm still gonna. I'm that's not who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the people who like him as a character and think he's a well-written villain, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm talking about the people who are like, ooh, Alexander, my son, Lee Bardugo just hates him. Why does she hate my baby? He's wonderful. oh yeah, the, the one-star review reviews on Goodreads yeah, like, people. Those are the people I'm talking about. <laughs> Like I'm not talking about the people who are like, oh yeah, no, like he's he's a terrible person. I understand that, but like I still like his character. I like like you can like a terrible character without being a stan of a terrible character. I specifically mean the stands. Like go die in a hole. 
Stop oh, it. I will also say this whole like having two homes on opposite sides of the country, I was a little bit sad about the scavenger hunt because if I had actually had all of my Grishaver stuff here in California with me, or if I'd been back in South Carolina, I absolutely would have had all seven items. Not, not that I would have necessarily gotten to show them off. All right. So, okay. There's so much to unpack. I, I don't want this to go super, super long, but there's so much to unpack from that chat last night. Um, first and foremost, the whole thing was very lovely. Uh, the the gentleman whose name I can't remember, who uh, Daniel was the, something. Yeah, Daniel, the moderator, he was great. I really loved that instead of like a generic Q&A, he went with like a fun route with it and like typed in, mm -hmm. um, is Lee Bardugo on Google? And like- <laughs> They were like, she had to answer the questions because like some of them were really funny. Uh, also, I mean, the, the first one, the first question, which of course, because she's an attractive female, hmm, was Isley Bardugo married. Boy, let me tell you how shocked I am that that was the one. Uh, but like, <laughs> she's not married, but she announced that she was engaged and apparently she'd actually never announced that publicly. So that, that was, was really great. fun. Um, so I yeah. Uh, Isley Bardugo, a witch. I enjoyed that yes, one. That was great. <laughs> well, the, the, I think the funniest thing was, was like, she was like, and it's like, nobody, like, like, you know, I, I mean, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe she is Wiccan or whatever. Wicca, Wicca. I mean, she should have said define witch, but that's her Right. Yeah. But, but it was, it was, it was cute. Her, her reaction was cute. Like the fact that she didn't answer it was like cute. Like everything about it was just like, that's it was just adorable. Like, yeah, also, I re I didn't realize that she was, like, in her 40s. Like, first of all, like, Lee, what's your skincare routine? Don't Second, get me started. Secondly, can we, once again, I maintain my theory that if you are white and non-problematic or actively working to improve yourself, you, too, will age like fine, fine wine. Yeah. Exactly. As evidenced by Anne Hathaway and apparently now as well, Lee Bardugo. Um, she's, she's so adorable, guys. I just—it's weird to say this because she is solidly like an adult, and I am just—I like, I shouldn't feel like affectionate feelings towards her as if she was a child or a puppy. But I just—I just wish, wish her with a cheek. She's adorable. <laughs> God, I she does have very like like her cheeks are very prominent, you know. And I think it's because she's got that little bow—that little bow yeah. mouth too. <laughs> She's so she's so adorable, and I just want to squish her cheeks. And she's so pretty, and I just would. Okay, so <laughs> in terms of in terms of not having the video, Jonathan, I think the only thing that you miss other than the cosplay stuff that I would definitely uh, go ahead and like fast forward to is the reading that they did oh, yeah. because uh, I like when Holly Black came on, the mm -hmm. chat went freaking nuts and she was dressed up. She was in a costume and it was hilarious mm -hmm. and she was, was hilarious. Like she had a prop, like the gemstone encrusted like wine cup, you know, it was, it was like yeah. a prop was, one, you know, it's not. She was wearing like a fake mustache. And it was I would reach yeah. up and twirl it every now and then. It was amazing. It was. And and to be honest, like I when she showed up and everybody's like, Holly Black, Holly Black, I was like, why does that name sound familiar? So I had to like look up what she writes. So she's another YA. She's like, another fantasy. YA author, yeah. Yeah. And 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 you know, she's I, I as soon as like I saw the books that she writes, I was like, okay, that's why her name is familiar. I know these books, I've not read them, yeah. but it was I've it read, was just um, so I read The Coral Prince and I actually have the other two books. Um so uh king of something and then queen of something 
Wow, that was and I am planning to read them. I just have not had time. And while I do love Fey nonsense, I don't super love Fey nonsense because like admittedly Fey are like fun, but I find it very difficult to read a book where most of the characters are doing morally not great things because mm. they are morally not great. And meanwhile, that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy the story and I don't like some of the characters. I just, I find it difficult when I don't have like a moral somebody that's like sitting there being like, yeah, I'm trying to do the right thing. And everybody's just like, fey madness. I mean, not, let's be real, like not every book series is for everyone. It's okay to not, like be super into the book series like but also like i mean if someone's a good writer they're a good writer whether or not oh, you yeah, yeah. love their it work was, you know there's definitely been book series i've read like, where i didn't love the series but it's like i don't deny that this person's a good author like a yeah good writer. No, i didn't enjoy the book despite not finding a character to latch into or like a moral anchor for myself which was a surprising thing so that's, it's why i'm going to definitely go back and read them but also <laughs> like time is an imaginary thing which i either don't have or do have i don't know it's imaginary hence but yeah jonathan again like because you didn't have the video i would definitely if you're going to go back in to check out the cosplay stuff i would check out the reading it was really fun i i just i loved what they did with it i love that it wasn't just lee like not that i would have minded lee just reading the passage but like they had um the host uh, the, the moderator's wife in as the narrator you know and and I'm, I'm not saying this for your benefit, John. I'm saying this yeah. for the benefit of anybody listening to this as a podcast. Like the host's wife was the narrator, and uh, the host Daniel was um, Count Kerrigan, <laughs> different from General Kerrigan in the show. And um, and then Lee was Zoya, and um, Holly Black, you know, popped in as Hiram Shank at the end. So it was it was it was a lot of fun. I loved that they did like a play thing with it you know rather than just it being a street mm -hmm. reading so it was really cool. also there was like a moment in the middle where they like skipped some di some section of the scene because it was spoilers and they all really adorably like pretended to run ahead and it just like it should be illegal for people to be that collectively cute um but yeah so uh other things other things that like <laughs> the first thing that lee said um that really like hit me was when she was talking about somebody asked one of the questions was whether or not there was or whether she was writing a sequel to ninth house and uh she is supposed to be you know that there's definitely one coming down the pipes uh it also has been picked up by amazon so there's that as well but um you know she was talking about how she's so you know, she's too busy doing other things, you know, they're enjoyable things like helping promote the show, uh, you know, now promoting rule of wolves, um, among other things, you know, and, and she's saying, I'm too busy doing these other things. Like what, you know, I really should be writing. I want to be writing. I'm a better person when I'm writing. And my God, I felt that like in like the deepest core of my core, like, there's so many things I do that I enjoy organizing ice and fire con running this webcast, but my God, like I feel happiest when I'm writing on a regular basis. And I can't remember the last time it's been years since I had time to do that. So I was just like, yeah. Oh, I feel you girl. I do. Hardcore. Yeah. yeah. I miss my fan fiction writing days. I also like, she gave some advice like one of the questions she, she answered was like you know like for budding authors like what's your advice and i just yes. think 
her or the thing that really stuck with me was her thing that said like you know finish your draft like write your entire draft don't try to make things perfect don't even try to edit in your first round just, mm-hmm. just write it and she was like even talking about how like with all of her drafts she has like a draft zero that she that's like not even meant for people's eyes it's just for her to get her thoughts down on paper and that is so 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 important because like i literally wrote again for the first time ever for this fandom because i wrote for the greek reverse big bang last year and i just remember like struggling so much to actually write because while i had ideas and stuff i was like no it has to be perfect it has to be perfect it has to be perfect like all of that pressure just like makes you not engage with your craft when you love it and you know just letting yourself like spit it out get it on paper and her thing was that she also said she's like the, the first thing you write, like your first, your first full draft isn't going to be good. It's not going to have like, it's going to be filled with cliches. It's going to have tropes. It's going to be, you know, the parts won't be original and that's fine. Like it, like it's a draft for a reason and people really need to get comfortable with the drafting and the idea of drafting. Those final words are mine, but, uh, but the, the, the whole, like uh, the, the sentiment and the overarching thing was Lee's and she was like, and yeah, um, the way that you handle like your bad days when you feel like you can't write, that's yeah. like really like, that's that's kind of like what's important. And if you can get through that, you can get through anything. And then she jokingly at the end, although let's be fair, we're all gonna do this. She was like, and if any of you guys end up publishing your books, you have to put me in the credits and the acknowledgements. And I'm like, yes, Lee, we all will. You know we will. <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting that she said she didn't sell her first book till she was 37 and then she's 44. Oh, I did too. <laughs> she's 44 now. And that means that she's basically cranked out over a book a year yeah. it's it's really interesting to think about and it's really refreshing <laughs> to think about because you know as somebody who is solidly still you know mid-20s it's nice to be reminded with once again a positive role model that you don't have to put your you don't have to do your amazing thing in your 20s you don't have to do your amazing thing in your mid in your early 30s either you can you can literally get it done whenever and time is imaginary as long as you just you know keep on trucking yeah. a, a couple of years ago my daughter was lamenting that she's like, you know, I'm still not even working yet and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know, don't worry about it. And I got this list from Forbes of like 10 billionaires and what they were doing at 25. And you know, one of them was a farrier. One of them was a bartender. You know, some of them were unemployed. Some of them were, you know, Oprah Winfrey, I think was a weather girl at the time. So yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't so much care about like the billionaire part of it as it is like feeling like you've accomplished something, you know? And I mean, I didn't accomplish any of my biggest things until I was in my early thirties. Like my, yeah, I, think, I think we as a society like to hyper-focus on child prodigies and success at young ages. And it's so disheartening rare. for people because that is incredibly rare. That is less than 1%. And most people are, you know, they're getting their successes later in life, which is absolutely normal, but they don't feel like they're as successful because it's like, oh, look at that young kid who did the same thing as me 20 years ago. And it's like, no, screw that. You did it. You go girl or boy well, or not. Well, take, being. <laughs> taking that one step, one of the most depressing things I ever saw in my life was years ago during the poker boom. I was watching the World Series of Poker, and they did a profile on some poker player named Dutch Boyd, who apparently had been some child genius who had graduated from college at the age of like 13 and had got his master's degree and his PhD by the time he was 18. And he goes, 
now he was 24. He said he'd done everything in life he needed to do. So the next only thing left to do is win the World Series of Poker. And I was like, well, how about curing cancer or something? You know, you're that smart. All you want to do is win a poker tournament. I hate each their own. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was, it, she, she definitely had a lot of very encouraging things to say to like people, like creatives, especially, which was just lovely. You know, it was all very lovely. Um, yeah. uh, I, <laughs> when one of the questions was, does she have a pen name? And she said, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, because like, I'm petty and I want people to like, I wanted people to see my name on a book at the bookstore and be like mad about it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, like, that's like, a whole mood. I, Why would someone get mad about it though? Well, because they've given her a hard time. Yeah, place. yeah. She was talking about people like, that that gave her hard times and stuff. Like, like I mean, I'll. I mean, listen. Like, I'm I'm a very friendly, like outgoing person, but there are definitely people out there who don't like me, possibly, probably even hate me. And like, yeah, I I have no qualms about the fact that like there's that little petty part of me that's like, I I wouldn't want a pen name either because I want people to see that and know that that's me. You know, yeah, like know that I did a big thing. Mm -hmm. I like she straight up rolled into that question and just screamed, die mad about it into the void. I was like, very nice. <laughs> I also, one of my other favorite, like, it shows like, how human she is, which I love. Yeah, no, no. She's like very attitude y and like surprisingly sassy, which was really, really nice. Cause um, I think so. A couple things that really stood out to me was one, she was like, I always thought myself insert was Kaz because, you know, Lee is also, um, uh, disabled and she uses a cane. And so she was like, I always thought myself insert was Kaz, but turns out I'm just Bogger because I like to insult people and hit them with sticks. And I was like, oh, man, what a mood. And then she also had a moment where she was like, where somebody at one of the questions was like, what kind of Grisha would you like to be? And she's like, I want to be a heart writer so I can murder people. <laughs> And then apparently Eric, like the Netflix showrunner, was like, I want to be a healer so I can cure people of COVID. So Lee, like, immediately, like, at that moment, Lee was like, oh, shit, like, I'm not a good person. So she was like, the official answer is, I want to be a healer to help people. And she just, like, winked. And I was like, amazing. Just like, But aren't healers and heart renders just different sides of the coin? Yes, well, they were just taught different things. Oh, absolutely. But it's like one of those things, like like from the point of view of being a doctor, like if you specialize in healing, that's what you're good at. And if you specialize in fighting, like that's what you're good at. Yeah. You, you know, it's like, get it. I mean, as we learned with King of Scars and as we will probably learn more about with Rule of Wolves, though, it's like just someone might have more of an aptitude for heartrending versus healing, but like not only could they do both, they could also do other things. So I'm definitely interested mm -hmm. to see more about that. Um, okay. So uh, I, I, one of the other questions was about her cane, I guess. And she was talking about how uh, she has a degenerative, like I think a pretty rare degenerative bone disease um, and that she didn't, actually start using a cane until like a few years ago and she was in London and for like a book tour or whatever. And she wanted to go sightseeing and she realized that, you know, she was, she couldn't, you know, like just kind of on her own. And, and she, it was, it was soon after that, or maybe on that trip that she bought her cane or her first cane or whatever, because, and, and I liked that she, 
you know, said she recognized like her own like internalized ableism. Like the only reason she hadn't been using a cane was because of her own internalized ableism. And it was just like, all I could think was hashtag we love growth in this house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's not a big point or anything really, but it was, it was just like, this is, this is why we love her because she is definitely a person who is constantly, she's not like her, her writing isn't just growing. She is a person is constantly growing. And also like as somebody who is sort of in that, same age range um like people who are 10 15 years younger than me even are you know they, they've kind of grown up with this i better idea of what's right and what's wrong and what's ableism and and whatnot you know versus like what I grew up with and and some of that could be where I grew up too but like I I think also a lot of it is about age and the the you know age of social media like helping us realize what isn't isn't you know right in a way um so I I was just like yeah yeah I don't know it was just it was very it was a very like sweet you know answer to like a kind of question that's like, ah, is that maybe like a little bit much, but, uh, you know, for, for her to be answering like from Google about her, you know, um, disability or whatever, but yeah. yeah, it was, it was really nice. Cause it's like, you always think about the drive for change and the drive for, you know, increased moral responsibility, responsibility and growth is typically put on young people. And to see not only that, older people are doing it because obviously they are, but to see that somebody, you know, in their mid forties is actively succeeding at doing it is, you know, a very nice thing to see, especially because like, you know, it reminds me that my parents are actively growing as people and that they are, you know, better parents to me and better people generally than they were 10 years ago. And it's like very easy to forget things like that. And like, you know, just seeing growth in the older generation is always very awesome. Sorry to anybody over 35 right now who I'm just collectively lumping that's, into. I'm pretty sure that's all. Oh, 35 is the older generation now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Justin. I'm sorry. Uh, We're going to accidentally, like. I think that's all of us, isn't it, except for you? Wait, oh, no, yeah. Nick, how old are you? I'm 42, sweetie. <laughs> Oh, wow, I'm second youngest. Did you just sweetie me? Because I deserve it. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, like Nick's maybe 32. Good job. Your your lighting and your dapper dress have uh, 10 years off. Well, also, like Thank you me. said earlier, you ate, people age better when they are this just being true. better people. Problematic <laughs> <laughs> um, white people, man. Not so, to mention, not to mention, staying out of the sun for a year. Yes, that's <laughs> oh, I stay out of the sun all the time. This sun is and true. I are not friends. I, I too am a vampire. I, I may, yeah. I may have been biologically designed with melanin to face the outdoors, but I, I do not wish to. <laughs> no, thank you. Um. So, uh, just beyond the. Once we got into the fan questions, um, I did ask one. I was very sad that she didn't read it. So to this day, I still wonder whether or not she was, the one I asked, it was from all of us really, was whether or not she had been influenced or uh, inspired by Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> um, a good but I, 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 there had already been like, God only knows how many questions asked by the time I signed on at like six, 16 or something. So, um, mm. 
But um, one of the questions that I thought was a little bit fun was the question about like what people's favorite foods would be. Um, I was I was kind of hoping there would be a comment about like Alina and her hard cheeses. And I know that's like a Grisha versus subreddit <laughs> thing, but like I wanted her to recognize it. And I, I almost feel like the person who wrote that question, like I hope you are on the subreddit and you've seen the Alina X hard cheeses post. Um I was surprised Nicol she said Nikolai liked the fancy things. Um, but not that Zoya likes sweets. I feel like she needs some sort of like flaw well, isn't like, the right word. It wasn't but. so much that Nikolai likes fancy things, but more like he's a fancy boy, so he appreciates the finer things in life. So of course he's going to hire a chef because why wouldn't he? So it it wasn't like it was to me it was less like fancy things are his favorite, but he's a fancy boy, so he needs to appreciate fancy things. Gotcha. I'm fancy, damn it. Like that was the vibe I got from it. I'm obviously, a fancy boy. Um, that, okay, Nick. So whenever. So, so, so just so you know, that word uh, has a totally different connotation to me because that is what my grandmother's generation used to refer to gay men. Oh, that fancy is boys. fancy. Fancy, fancy boys. boys. Well, we're talking about fancy boys with a B O I, maybe. <laughs> That's how we differentiate. Um, uh, did you guys have any other thoughts about the food thing? Because there's there's more important things to get into. Oh, absolutely. My one my one thought though. Wow, I always have a one thought. Like one day we'll have a comment where I won't have like a twenty second tangent. This isn't the moment because I'm taking another tangent to talk about tangent. <laughs> <laughs> But so, so the thing when she said that Zoya has a sweet tooth, all I could think is that there's this Indian sweet called gulab jamun, and it's basically fried dough in sugar and in in rose infused sugar water. And all I could think was, was Zoya would mm. eat shit out of that. And yeah, that's my new headcanon now. And, and I and I imagined her uh, eating peachy penguins. Also very good. Penguin. You've never. I'll shut. I'll ship you. Get me your address. New address. I'll ship you some peachy penguins. Okay. All right. I have never heard of these. Um, I'll send you all peachy penguins. So text me your addresses. Uh, uh, the other thing is, this is just a passing comment. Um, one of the things that she was, they, I think they were talking about different books that she could write. And one of the things she was joking about was a book of Bagra insults, which, like, I love the idea of because I'm. I, all I could think of was that that Tyrion, the book of like pithy Tyrion quotes that Martin put out. And it was just like a passing thing. And I don't, I literally don't know if I know anybody who bought it, but like, uh, I, I, I just, I feel like a book of Bagra insults would just be hilarious. That would be hilarious. I love it. Um, okay. So, uh, oh, um, she, <laughs> Oh gosh. So one of the, one of the questions was, uh, you know, very, I, I was actually a little bit surprised that she, and that she read it and answered it because, but she was reading them in order. She read every single question in order. So I'm, I'm glad that she did that. Um, but one of them was about Nina being skinny washed, uh, in the show casting and also in like previous fan art and whatnot. Um, I, uh, we talked, we all talked about this a lot, uh, in our, you know, chat last night during and after the event. Um, I, again, I was, I was surprised, but pleased that she read and answered it. Um, like her speaking about her own, you know, 
body struggles, body size struggles, and mentioning that the actress playing Nina had some of those struggles as well and had lost roles previously because of her weight, you know, even though she's not a really like big person or whatever. Um, but this is acting, you know. Uh so I, 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 and and the fact that she was like, you know, please don't prejudge um, the actress. You know, she she might not look the way you wanted or expected her to, but you know, don't don't like she embodies the character and everything. Um, I, I just I, we chatted about this a lot last night, but I, I feel like there was a lot of the way Lee answered the question was like the absolute best answer mm -hmm. we could possibly expect from her especially considering she revealed like her own struggles and and issues with like her weight and and everything and um i mean yeah. i i i honestly haven't really gotten a good look at the actress playing nina like i've seen pictures of her I, to be honest she looks like any other like kind of normal sized actress to me um but like, like i also not skinny and i think like, like, you know, she's not like the, your, your typical stick skinny actress, but I also, you know, haven't super examined her, but also like another thing to really point out is that I personally don't have a lot of vested interest in Nina being portrayed as plus size because I am not plus size. And even though I do struggle with body issues and with weight gain and with feeling insecure about my body due to that, my, I'm not emotionally tied to Nina in that way. And I think right. one of the big reasons that this that I'm happy that Lee addressed this question is because the OP in question who was asking this um, clarified, you know, in our, um, so not only did OP ask the question, but OP like posted a remark, like a remark after thanking Lee for, you know, responding and for expressing that the reason that she felt a bit frustrated with this is because she's a size, she's size 26. And there isn't any representation, you know, for size 26 women in media like this. And I think a thing that was really poignant is that Lee was talking about how Nina was sort of made in her image and has her same body type in that, you know, she has boobs, she has a butt, she has a bit of a, she has a tummy. And, you know, and Lee was talking about how she, you know, fluctuates between a size 18 and a size 22. And I think it's important to note that there also isn't representation for that. There isn't representation for, you know, the woman who looks normal, but has a tummy because, you know, even the plus size models you see have skinny waists and flat stomachs and big boobs and big butt. And, you know, and that's also, once again, like not a realistic body type, but also there are so many different body types. It's unfair to plug a certain body type. that's not realistic. And another thing that Lee addresses is that there's so many different kinds of fat. And even though Lee had said that Nina was fat on Twitter, it, she was, you know, kind of taking a step back and saying like, remember that, saying fat is such a big generalization for a body type because our society as a whole, you know, obviously this is me ad-libbing and not her actual words, but like our society as a whole characterizes the vast majority of people as fat. And because of that characterization, there is so much space in that realm of fat that simply saying a character is fat means that so many people can latch onto that and believe in representation. While, you know, it would have been 100% ideal if, you know, when the questions about Nina's body side emerged, if Lee could have just been like, yeah, she's a size 22 and, you know, like settled it that way. So people wouldn't have projected themselves in a character and felt disappointed because of that projection. That would have been great. But obviously, you know, we're not perfect. And we like, you know, like that doesn't always happen. So like, I understand why, you know, plus size women are like frustrated when they don't see that in Nina. But I think getting upset about Nina's casting because she isn't plus sized enough is also detrimental in a way that invalidates the struggles of women who are, you know, that size and struggling with it. And also, once again, this isn't to say that like, you know, like 
the, the struggle you face as somebody who's a size 26 versus a size 16 isn't vastly different because it is, but it's very important to keep in mind what an author's intention is for something. And Lee specifically portrayed Nina as this way because in her own words, Nina has the same body type as her. So I think it's like, while a lot of people may be rightfully frustrated at Nina's portrayal, I think it's very important to acknowledge that this is the portrayal that Lee did want and that she had always intended. And while it would have been nice that we didn't misconstrue that, unfortunately it did happen and we shouldn't be mad about it. And once again, that doesn't mean that Nina can't be 100% that in your head because she absolutely can. And if that makes you feel like beautiful and strong because you are like Nina, like fuck yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, and also like we have to remember that our like our societies, especially in the U.S., like our our society's ideas of like what is plus size and or what is heavy or fat are like just so all over the board. Like, uh, I mean, I'm I'm slim. I'm very athletic. Like, I I'm not skinny skinny. I'm not stick skinny, but I am an athletic person. I I that's just how I'm built, and also I work out a lot. But in the past, when I was struggling with depression and probably drinking too much and eating crappy food and not working out as much, like I weighed, uh, you know, 40 pounds more than I do now. And like at those times, I was like a size like 12, which is technically considered plus size in this, you know, in this country. And, and really, I think in the world, really, um, you know, and, and, and like, they don't, nobody ever would have cast me as as like a character in a major fantasy series. Like it's it's it sucks because it's like what we get uh, for or not we because I, I can't put myself in in those shoes. But what people get for for like plus size representation is it's. I mean, it's you, you have you have it, but it's either portrayed as a joke or. If I mean, really, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, like Rebel Wilson or Melissa McCarthy, and then years, years go by, and the more roles they get, the skinnier they get. Yeah, it's almost always um, fine. And I think it's so much, it's so frustrating because, like, if you think about it, like, literally Bridgerton just came out, and the beautiful actress who plays, um, oh my God, what's her name? Penelope. Um, Penelope. Right. Gorgeous woman. The way they costumed her makes her look, first of all, ten sizes bigger than she is. And if you read the books and you like pay attention to the series, like her weight is the punchline, and everybody's like, "Haha, why is she debuting? Like she's not pretty. She's unattractive because of her weight." And it's such bullshit. And like you know, she weighs how many stone or whatever, which is and actually it's amusing because in the second book, um, the, the what is it? I literally bought the second book because I was like, "All right, I gotta know what happens next." I like I normally am. <laughs> not a romance novel person but i gotta know what happens next and apparently between the first book and the second book she loses a bunch of weight so she becomes skinny well they better not make her do that in the show i but hope they don't yeah because well, she's first so, off, like so that was bullshit to make an actress go through that and second of all just make her gowns freaking fit her you don't put the bust line of a regency bodice in the middle of the titty that's not how it works don't get me wrong i love the costuming they made a lot of really great choices but learn how to fit busts Empire waste on big titty ladies because that's not how it works, y'all. Like, do better. But but yeah, Nami, you you said everything like I could possibly think of to say, you know, about about the weight question. And again, I just want to reiterate how uh, kind and 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 like 
eloquent Lee was when she was answering this question because like maybe you don't necessarily like her answer, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't like she 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 everything about it was was just very positive and very good and and you know trying her best to to and, well I mean shoot the, the person who asked the question was pleased with what was said and I think that's yeah. what matters the most um and I think it's but, yeah like it's so important that she very specifically mentioned to not get on the actress who portrays Nina's back about this because she mentioned that the reason she picked this actress is because when Daniela walked into the interview or into the casting that she embodied Nina. And I think that the fact that Lee was like, hey, don't you dare come at this girl for her weight because she already has faced body issues in this industry. And regardless, that's not a thing you should do to somebody anyway. And she specifically even commented about how she feels uncomfortable commenting on Daniela's weight because it's not her place to do so. Right. Like, I think that was like very, very important. And I think anybody who really cares about this universe and who cares about like, these characters will like, like, you know, take a step back at that because, you know, when we're upset about things like casting and stuff, like it's very easy to point at things that you wish they could have done better. Like, I know so many people were excited about like, you know, some of the Brown casting, but a lot of people were like, Hey, Jesper's actor should have been darker skinned. And, you know, while that's a very valid point, it's like, it's very different to say that as a criticism and then to personally attack the actor for that because like, well, I mean, and also he's, I mean, first off, it is their job to get jobs. Jesper in the books is mixed race. I can't remember exactly how his skin color is described, but like I have two mixed race nieces. Um, The older, my older niece is very dark, Mm -hmm. very dark, but she has white girl hair. Like her hair is perfectly it's curly, but it's like perfectly just smooth and fine and gorgeous. And then like, and I'm not saying that black hair isn't gorgeous, but I'm saying like, she has this, like, she's this dark, dark, dark skin with white girl hair. And then my younger niece is very light skinned. Like you, I mean, very light skinned. And she has like, like black person hair and still gorgeous. Like this just, Oh gosh. Like the most adorable, like cutest little, like very light Afro. You know, yeah, just so I, cute. I and like you never like like mixed race. Like you, 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 I mean, I can't remember how his skin was described, but I, it's I can't so. Remember if this is a fandom portrayer, if this is a canon portrayer or portrayal or a fandom portrayal, but I know that a lot of the sentiment was that Jasper should have been darker skin, and it's one of those things that it's like, while this is a completely valid thing to ask for in the you know quest for rep that it's like another thing to directly attack an actor for it. And like, nobody should ever have to deal with that because like, think about body shaming on just like a very personal level and then think about it on a fandom level, because come on, let's be real. Like fandoms can be very assholey places, especially when we think we're standing up for something that is right. And even something that is, you know, very emotionally driven for the right thing, which is, you know, wanting rep for somebody who is plus size, like you imagined, like attacking an actor for it and like making them feel bad about their body is absolutely not okay. And the fact that Lee was very much like, don't you dare, but like (laughs) also being very kind. And it was like very like, please don't stern look. And I was just like, I was like, very good, A plus Lee. And I have another thought in there somewhere. I don't know, it's like God now, I recycled it, threw the heck out. Well, that's okay. We we uh, were getting kind of close to needing to wrap this up, but I wanted to do a real quick point on um, a real couple quick points. Uh, one, uh, I love that she said she originally wrote Nikolai as, or she was trying to write Nikolai as being Han Solo, but she ended up writing him more like Lando, which is so true. He's definitely way more mm-hmm. Lando than Han. Um, also, John, John, you said that 
you're, I mean, I, I honestly had kind of, I, I glossed over the fact that she was originally going to kill off Nikolai. Yeah. In the first yep. series. Yeah. Yep. And, and I, th- th- I mean, we all know that's crazy now because we, <laughs> we, we wouldn't have, she, she would, she would be missing it out on an entire series. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of glossed over that, but yeah, it's a bigger thing than I really like considered at the time. Um, speaking of Nikolai, uh, the, the, she did mention the fact that she's seen the, there's not enough Nikolai in the Nikolai duology uh, complaints. Uh, I love that she addressed that uh, as, you know, Nikolai's story is Ravka's story. Um, Cause I know it's called the Nikolai duology, but like that was probably a marketing thing. And who knows mm-hmm. how much control she had over that. And also like, I love Nikolai. I don't feel like he's missing from either of these books, you know, from, from King of Scars or from, you know, Rule of Wolves so far. Uh, I think, I think people wanted what was, you know, all Alina all the time in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. which is said the Nikolai duology. And, you know, I think like, while I get that, I think that would also make for a very boring book, especially now that you know that she's very good at writing different perspectives and different POVs within one book. And I mm-hmm. feel like if that had actually happened, I probably would have gotten very annoyed at Nikolai very quickly because a lot of his like weird isms and his ways of thinking just maybe want to either shake him or be like, yeah, me too, bro. He's very he's, a little, he's also a little full of himself. Oh, absolutely. He's very full of himself. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I actually would want to go back a second to what, what do you think would have happened had she done, had she killed him off? Where would it, where would that have ended the book? Cause the ending, well, she I think even the landing of the first series and... is very different if he's not alive. Can Alina go and be be a nobody? I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. feel like he might have actually forced Alina to stay and take some power if he hadn't been there to fill that power vacuum. Just because, like, you know, there sort of was really nobody else morally good who was like sort of like morally good and you know ordained to have power in that place at that time, mm-hmm. and so. It would have been, I think it would have been a very different ending for Alina if Nikolai had actually been killed. And a very different image for Alina in Robka, just personally, because Lee had said that if Nikolai died, Alina would have been framed for it. And I think that's like, you know, another, like, I'm glad she kind of went away from that plot point because poor girl had enough to deal with in her country as it was. Um, all right. So there's two more things I want to talk about before we wrap up. The first one is uh and 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 Nick and Nami I think you guys probably Nick more than Nami and and I know Jonathan had some comments on it but the the clarification that we made about uh how she would never write a Nazi Jewish romance yeah it was it was the words I needed out loud and then she said it and I was very happy um this response was prompted because somebody had asked if um the Jewish like Jewish people had influenced um uh the grisha and she said yes but like in a very specific way so i can't i don't remember what exactly she said it was but it was something along the lines of like the jewish scientists who helped like make like nuclear technology or something like that and she was like so like that was the influence to it and she very specifically also mentions that like while she sees the parallels that people have driven have, have drawn between the Druskel and the nazis that it's very important to acknowledge that the grisha are not innocent civilians in this story and that they very much have power and are fighting back unlike, you know, 
the innocent Jewish people who were put to death in concentration camps. And while I technically disagree with that on a certain level, because for <sighs> example, the Freud and Grisha are not fighting back, they're just trying to survive. I understand what she means and why she means that while the Duskrell have their hatred that they, that while they are, I believe her exact words were they are hatred and they are hateful and terrible, but they are not like as terrible as the Nazis. Like I understand that point. Like, like I think the point that she was trying to make is that the hatred that the Juskel have in this universe are driven by the legitimate fear that the Grisha do have powers that they do not understand. So it's very much like, you know, the X-Men sort of parallel. And like innocents are definitely getting wrapped up in it and that's not correct and they're still hateful and they're very, very wrong, but they are but they are not Nazis. They're still the, like, they're like one very tiny step below. Yeah, but the the X-Men parallel is directly taken from the parallel to Nazi Germany. But uh, that's okay. Uh, yeah, well it can be watered down, you know, too, you know. <laughs> um yeah, I mean I I must admit, as I read this for this for the first, I never put Grisha and Jews together. I it didn't cross my mind. However, the Furden's influence from Nazi Germany was there to me. Yep. So which I found it, you know, just in my own mind. And certainly in the second or, or this most recent trilogy, the Mangala like activities of some of the Furden's um, certainly have parallels to Nazi Germany too. Yeah. Yep. I can definitely see how people would have inferred that. Issue. Yeah. <laughs> any other, Nick, did you have any thoughts on that? I know we talked a lot about this last night. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I think just um, echoing a little bit of what has been said, like I, I definitely see the Fjordans as basically as Nazis. Uh, I, I understand Lee's point, but they're Nazis. Yeah. Uh, and what I also agree with, though, is that I did not necessarily see Grisha as uh, as Jews. And, and I think that is an important distinction. I think it is really important to hear Lee, Lee say, I was in no way writing a uh, Nazi Jewish love story. No, I mean, I, I thought, I, in some ways, I thought of it more of a of a Dutch, some of the stories of the Dutch and French um, women who, you know, ended up with Nazi soldiers in the war, because you know you start off you're the occupied territory. I mean, I, I which was not the see, healthiest way to start a relationship either. But I definitely see like the the Nazi parallels as well. Like I agree with Nick there. I, that's kind of I mean we've made a lot of comments on this webcast you know, about, about that. Um, yeah. but at the same time, like I, I, I didn't really see, uh, Nina as I didn't see it as a Jewish Nazi relationship. Like, um, I, I, I didn't, I mean, yeah. I know that, that, that the Grisha are the people that the Jaskel go, go after, but, I mean, let's be real. The Fjordans are pretty much hate, like they hate everybody. They think the Rovkins yeah. are, you know, this. They think the Kirch are this. Like they, they, they think they are higher. They think they are above literally everybody else. And 
yes, the Grisha are the ones they hunt because they think they're witches or whatever. But I, I, I felt like that was more of a, almost a religious persecution sort of thing. Um, like a Salem witch trials sort of situation versus like a, like, even yeah. though I see the Jiskela as, as being more Nazi, like I, I felt like it was more of a, yeah, like a Salem witch trials type situation than like a Nazi Jewish type relationship. Yeah, I and I, but again, like I, 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 I like that Lee was like, no, 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 that is not what this is. Uh, yeah. You know, and 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 she is Jewish as well. Um, yeah, which I don't think I knew. I, I, I think I kind of assumed that she had some Jewish ancestry, but like I didn't. It's never been like explicitly stated in anything I've seen or read. But um, you know, so, so she clarified you know, last night on the, or she, she mentioned last night that she, you know, was Jewish or, or had Jewish ancestry. And, and so, yeah, it was, it was good to, it was so good to have her clarify. Like, yeah, yeah no, maybe, that's, that's, I think also sense. one thing I should definitely clarify is that me explaining her reasoning does not mean that I necessarily agree with it because I definitely mm -hmm. still absolutely am like Drew skill are Nazis. Like that is still absolutely my stance. And I do definitely agree once more with the, the like, the Grisha of Ravka are not Jews. And I would like to specify that because actually the more I think about it, the more I do see a specific Jewish parallel, but that Jewish parallel is within like the Grisha that are hiding within Fyrdal, like born and raised there. Like they would be the Jewish parallel, if any, because they are, you know, the actual innocent people that are being persecuted because it's not like they don't know anything about their powers. They don't know any better. They've been raised in this society that like makes them think they're terrible and you know, all of that nonsense. But I do want to also say that like the, the reason the Nazi Jewish romance, like that wasn't her intention really made me happy is that no matter how much um, like agency Nina had in her relationship, I, it always felt like very weirdly icky to me and just, because I felt like I could still take it back to that place. And the fact that now I explicitly will not is nice. The Driscilla and Yarrow Broom can go light themselves on fire. Like the witches, they still want to persecute, but what they truly deserve. But okay, so last last uh, point of the night that um, I, I just really wanted to, we don't have to discuss this for very long, but I at the very end of the uh, event last night, you know, Lee was kind of going back and talking about how she'd seen some of the cosplays and she recognized some of the people from her book events for like the first couple books in the original Grisha trilogy and how like 10, 20, 30 people or something would be at these events. And, and, um, you know, it was so tiny and, and she's like, you know, we're just like the little fandom is that could, we're not as big as Twilight. And all I could think was like, yo, just you, <laughs> not yet, girl. Mm -hmm. I, like, and I just had like Hamilton. Just you, just wait. you, wait. just you, just wait. You because wait. with every again with the trailer, the trailer, the teaser that we've seen, um, we mm -hmm. know that the the uh, we know the money that they put into the show. We know mm -hmm. that it looks really good. Um, like I, I. I yeah, I, I just, I, I feel like this is gonna, I mean, and I know that like Song of Ice and Fire had like a fairly decent sized following, you know, but let's be real, Game of Thrones came out and it just exploded it and like, I'm not, it yeah, it changed everything and I'm not, your know, Twilight, those books had a giant following way before the movies existed. Yeah. 
you know, like it's a, such a, and so did Hunger Games really. Maybe, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was quite as big as Twilight. It's a kind of a different thing. But like, I, I feel like this is, I, I, I already have friends who have seen the trailer who have gone and ordered the books because they saw the trailer, mm-hmm. the teaser trailer and stuff. So I, I, I just, yeah, when she says this is a little fandom that could, it's like, I'm glad I've been here since the early days. I hope that the fandom as a whole doesn't change because again, everybody in that thing last night was just being so kind and fun and great. And and I've seen that, I would say 99.9%. I, I don't know if I've ever seen even an outward like rude person or comment or anything. Sometimes there's like a, oh, I don't, really want to hear your darkling forgivable nonsense but like um you know generally the fans have been really 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 great and i don't want to see that change but the fandom as a whole is going to explode and it's going to change unless unless this show unless the trailers are like these are all the best parts and everything else sucks it's gonna change the rest of the show is stick figures wearing just uh (laughs) like just stick figures (laughs) Well, and I think I, I don't. Is this Jonathan? Was it you who was saying like you know George was still going to small conventions? Like yeah, yeah. I mean, he went to Capclave in 2014, and he went to Balticon in 2015. Then yeah. Balticon, oh yeah, like yeah, a 1, person convention, and Capclave is usually 200. They got a whole 380 when he came. Um, yeah, uh, um, I went to Con Carolinas in 2014, and he was there. That's where I met him, and like, but the. The thing about George Mar- George R. R. Martin is like he chooses to only go like he went to San Diego Comic Con back when he was you know I don't want to say nobody but like he went to San Diego Comic Con years and years and years for years and years and years and then as soon as Game of Thrones started getting really big like I saw him there in 2014 and that was the last time he went um, you right. know I, and, and so I don't think I don't think Lee Bardugo is going to necessarily be that person who's like yeah I'm only going to go to these like. 500,000 person conventions, but. Well, I wasn't thinking that the, 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 they don't go, but you, you even even now, like even at Balticon, George said, it's like, I, I now have a handler, right? It's like, Balticon, yeah. I can usually still do what I want to do, but just in case I now have a handler. And, you know, he says before the TV series, he never had a handler for anything. <laughs> it's, you know, you just, you have to do things diff- a little differently. Yeah. So. yeah absolutely. All right. So uh, anything else we want to touch on? I, I mean, I, we, I, like, we all really enjoyed the event last night, right? It was yeah. fun. Absolutely. It was yeah. a lot of fun. It, it really I, was. And now I need to ha- ha- get, get going so I can actually read the book. <laughs> all right well um, yeah you do you do because i'm i'm like almost 200 pages in catch up guys catch up so, when is our next uh one week yeah one, one week, week yeah. to read the, the, the book you can do it you can do it i believe i believe in all of you i believe in myself and nami most of all right now. we're reading the whole book oh yeah, reading the whole book? Oh, yeah the whole book only because only because it being a brand new release um it, it it's one of those things where uh it, we need to cover it all at once we can't stress we out. have to get it done so that then we can do the tv show yes. also let's be yeah. very real the odds of me being able to stop reading to either only talk about the first half or like be conscious enough to not spoil the second half within ourselves is going to be a lot. And 
I want that kind of pressure, y'all. I just want to scream about this book. <laughs> or, you know, 17 things to scream about. We like, can do it, Jonathan. We believe in you. I may have to take a day off from work. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's a super quick read. Listen, the print is really big. It looks it I, looks bigger than So here one of my great <laughs> <That's really awesome. laughs> it's one like, of it's my like, great <laughs> failures is how I'll admit it is how pathetically slow I read compared to all my friends. And I I do you ever used to have these Evelyn Wood speed reading dynamics courses and I always regretted not taking them because I just read slow. So. Well, maybe someday. All right. Well, on that note, uh, so we will see everybody back in one week when we will be discussing the entirety of Rule of Wolves. Do not forget uh, our giveaway for the Nikolai gift pack. Um, like I said, it's there's links to it on our Twitter, our Facebook, and our Instagram at Sagas and Sass. You do have to enter the giveaway through Rafflecopter, but it's super easy. And uh, yeah, so I am Tara. Uh, along with Nick, Jonathan, and Nami. Thank you again for joining us for Sagas and Sass, and we will see you next time, one week from now. Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.